And if you would, open up your Bible to Ephesians chapter number 2 and verse number 10. Let's stand this morning as we read God's Word. And I want you to do like we have been the past couple weeks as we read Ephesians chapter number 2 and verse number 10. We're going to personalize this verse, and we're going to make it applicable to our lives this morning. I want to challenge you when you read the Bible, personalize the Bible. Put yourself in that position. It says, so say this with me. For I am His workmanship. I am created in Christ Jesus. For good works, which God prepared beforehand, that I should walk in them. Now, we're in a series called Cars, and we know that in today's life, it's basically defined as life in the fast lane. Everybody is going, everybody is doing, everybody is running from here to there. The thing about it is, if we are going to perform and accomplish what God has called us to accomplish, we must perform at the optimal level that God designed us to perform at. Amen? We must begin to perform at a level far beyond just a life in the fast lane and putting life in cruise control. We must begin to perform at the levels God created us to perform at if we're going to finish the race if we're going to end in victory, and if we're going to end this race complete and made whole. Amen? I find so many people at the end of their life, they're beat up, they're broken down, they're ready to quit the race. But I want to challenge you this morning to not let that be you. I don't want that to be you this morning. I want you to have a change in your mindset this morning. I love what all these ladies got up here and talked about, how God did a revolutionary work in their life this past weekend. I'm going to ask you to do something a little bit different as we start the service off this morning. Everybody go said, oh, great. Because you get nervous when I say, we're going to do something a little bit different. But here's what I want you to think about. I want you to think about the worst hurt that you have ever had in your life. The worst hurt that you have ever had in your life? Do you got it in mind? The worst hurt that you ever have had in your life. Well, this morning I do believe it is this kind of a morning, that it is a morning that God wants to do a healing, a restoration process, and a completely made whole process in your life this morning. See, there are some people who come to church and they have such hurt in their life because They've had a loved one pass away that every time we sing Amazing Grace in church, they can't get through the song because the hurt in their life is still so great. And the, memory, and the words of that song trigger the memories of the hurt going on in their life. There are some people in here this morning who you're at this church because you were hurt at another church. And every time the name of that other church is mentioned, you're like, oh, I can't believe what happened to me there. And I want God to heal that this morning. There are some of you this morning that every time I mention that God is good, you're like, if God is so good, why did this happen in my life? And you begin to wonder, why do I have this hurt in my life? And if you have hurt in your life, you cannot perform, you cannot accomplish, and you cannot finish the race the way God intended you to run your race. I want to challenge you in this this morning. If you ever have a memory and it triggers a negative emotion, okay, I'm going to say that again. If you ever have a memory and it triggers a negative emotion, there's a healing that must occur, okay? If you ever have a memory that triggers a negative emotion, there's a healing that must occur. I say that because so many people, the injury you have doesn't sideline you or knock you off the road of life. You simply are now driving down the road of life at speeds far beyond what you're capable of, trying to get to a destination, but the hurt 
will eventually end up sidelining you. The title of this morning's message is called Body Shop. Body Shop. Now, why do you go to a body shop? You go to a body shop because there is something wrong with the outer part of your car. I'm not talking about the transmission. I'm not talking about the engine. I'm not talking about the brakes, the clutch, or anything like that. I'm talking about there is something literally wrong with the outside of your car. Now, you may run good. Your engine may be great. But I'm telling you the importance of a body shop is that you need to start fixing some of these external issues in your life some of the hurts in your life, so God can begin to use you at an optimal level. And now when you go to the body shop, the first uh, thing I want to bring up about a car, how many of y'all have ever had a cracked windshield in your car? You can still drive with a cracked windshield. Some of you are like, yeah, I'm driving right now. Come on. (laughs) Go look at my old busted up windshield. (laughs) We're in East Texas, and people say, I done hit a buzzard. (laughs) And it done broke my winder. But we still drive with a broke windshield. Now the windshield, whether you believe it or not, to me is one of the most important parts of the car. The windshield has got to be one of the most important parts of the car. And I want to bring this to your attention. Have you ever noticed how much bigger the windshield is than the rear view mirror? It's that way for a reason. And I'm not going to stay long on this point, but this point will touch home with some of you. Some of you spend a lot more time looking in your rear view mirror at your past than you do looking out the windshield at your future. And if you continue to look in the rearview mirror at your past and not out the windshield at your future, you got a hurt in your life or a crack in your windshield that needs to be fixed. And if the windshield is so much exponentially bigger than your rearview mirror, why do we say the rearview mirror is so much more important than the windshield? And so when the windshield on your car is cracked, many people begin to view life through that crack in their windshield. Also, the windshield protects you. You ever been driving down the road 75 on the interstate? 75 plus on the interstate? Well, if you've ever been on a motorcycle with no helmet and you've hit a bug going 75 miles on the interstate, it doesn't feel like a bug. It doesn't feel like a moth. It feels like a bullet hits you right in the head. And, and I don't see how people drive down the interstate on a motorcycle without a helmet on because, man, I'm just thinking if a rock happened to spring up and hit somebody in the head, I mean, that hurts. I've done it, okay? (laughs) And listen, it's for your protection. But I want to talk a little bit about the windshield in this aspect. You have the windshield that's there, and and it's in your life, and you're supposed to look at it and not stare out the rearview mirror. You have the windshield of your life, and it protects you from things in your life. But the windshield in your life, if you let cracks begin to come in, and cracks begin to go all through it, the windshield of your life becomes a nuisance rather than a benefit, The windshield of your life becomes a nuisance rather than a benefit. And I want to begin to explain what I'm talking about here. In the windshield of your life, if it gets cracked, it can greatly impair your vision. The windshield of your life, when you're driving down the road and you get a nick in the far corner and you don't fix it quickly and you have a cold weather snap like we just had, ugh, what begins to happen? The crack begins to grow. And then you're like me, it's like, that's on the far side of the windshield, it don't matter. And then about five days later, you're like, it's like, dang, that thing's growing. And then you have a hot snap after a cold snap, and then you wake up the next morning, and it's all the way across your windshield. And then I begin to drive with a cracked windshield, and then the sun hits the crack just right, and there's this little ray that shoots right up in your eyeball. And then every time you go to get in your Jeep, and you sit down behind the seat, and you look out this windshield that's got this crack in it, you begin to get irritated by the crack in your windshield. 
The problem with the crack in your windshield is it does not impair the ability for the vehicle to drive. The vehicle can still get to every destination it needs to. The only thing that it does along the way, though, is it impairs your vision of getting there. Some of you in your life, you're fine. You think you're fine. You think everything is good, but you've got this hurt in your life, and it literally is a crack going across your windshield, and now you view everything in life through that crack. You view everything in life through the crack in your windshield. And so everything in your life is visually impaired. So much if the crack is in just the right place and it's across your line of sight, they will not re-inspect um, your car. They'll make you get it fixed because it impairs your vision to that much. We have so many Christians riding this race of life, driving this race of life with impaired vision because of hurts in our life. We've got Christians who have been hurt by other Christians. We've got Christians who got born again and put another Christian on a pedestal and saw this Christian do something wrong and we said, oh, the hypocrisy in the church. We've got people in the church who even say, I've been hurt by God. God, if you're really there, you would have came through for me. God, if you were really there, you would have came through for this marriage in this situation. God, if you were really there, and it hasn't got you off the Christian walk. It hasn't thrown you off where you're running from God and rebelling from God. But what it's done is it has completely impaired your vision of how you see God, of how you see pastors, of how you see the church, of how you see church people, of how you see the world. Because everything you view, you're viewing through a cracked windshield. Do you remember when you first got married? Everybody say, yes. See, people, when you say, do you remember when you first got married? It was like, yeah, and you smile. Hey, how's your marriage now? Well, <laughs> when you got married, you viewed everything through rose-colored glasses. And you viewed it, and it was like, oh, it's okay. She'll change or he'll change. And then five years later, it's like, oh, my gosh, will he ever change? <laughs> Is she ever going to change? The answer is No. <laughs> They're not. Love them anyway. And you view things with this crack in your life. It's time to go to the body shop. We have so many Christians trying to drive on this race of life with life in the fast lane. And we're going a million miles an hour with a cracked windshield. The danger of driving with a cracked windshield is it skews your vision to the point that if you get off, you get way off. And you start making a decision with a crack, a spiritual crack in your life, and you make a decision based on this right here because you're making a decision based on an experience and not the word of God. You're, you're viewing this experience with a cracked view now, and so now you're uh, making a decision based on this experience, and because this experience was off, now you're off over here. And now that you're making an, uh, another decision down the line based on this experience that was off of this experience, and since this experience was off of the word of God, now you're making an experience way off over here. And so many Christians are running this race of life with a cracked windshield, and you wonder why your life keeps going like this, from one side of the road to the other. It's because we've got to fix the crack in the windshield. It's not sidelining you, but it will run you off into a ditch pretty quick. It's not throwing you off your Christian walk. You still love Jesus. You're still here every day, but you can't worship like you used to worship. You can't pray, and when you pray, you're saying, God, why don't you hear my prayers? It's because you're praying with skewed vision. You're singing, you're worshiping with skewed vision. When you read the Bible, you read it, and it doesn't make sense because you're reading through an experience, not reading through the lenses of the Holy Spirit in your life. I'm gonna ask you this morning to look, at for, look for cracks in your life. Remember that hurt I told you to think of? And I said, if there's any emotion attached to that hurt, you got to get a healing in your life. A lot of you have made decisions based on a hurt and saying, Pastor, I would love to be there, but I can't because this happened in my life or that happened in my life. 
It's time we get a healing. It's time we go to the body shop and let God begin to do an amazing work in our life. And so we gotta get the windshields of our lives fixed. We've gotta get these things back in place. I wanna talk to you about your viewing point for a minute. The Bible says this in Luke eleven thirty four. how you view things. It says, your eye is the lamp of your whole body. Another version says, your eye is the light of your whole body. When your eye is healthy, your whole body is full of light. But when it is bad, your whole body is full of darkness. Therefore, be careful lest the light on the inside of you become darkness. Now, what's that saying? It says, watch for the windshield you're driving in. Because when that windshield gets a crack in it, the light that you used to see things clearly through becomes darkness. And now your viewing scope is darkness. And if you think that you're viewing this through light and you're viewing it through darkness, the Bible says, how great is that darkness? That means how bad of decisions are we really making as believers? The importance of going to the body shop and getting something as simple as a cracked windshield fix will greatly alter the life of your Christian race. It'll greatly alter the path that you're driving on. Well, let's say your windshield's great, but many times that we're in a situation where we get a dent. We get a dent in our life. Now, a dent is this. It's something that occurs in your life. It doesn't sideline you, kind of like a cracked windshield. It doesn't sideline you. But listen, this is what it does. It leaves this, a lasting impression. You ever had a dent in your vehicle and it becomes an irritant? Every time you walk by, it's like, wow, I love my vehicle, but that dent. And some of you are proud of your dent. You're proud of your dent. Well, I'm going to leave it there because it serves me right. I should have been watched where I was going. I didn't need to back into that light pole anyway. So every time I walk by my dent, it's my lesson learned. And you're proud of it as a believer. You're proud of your dent. And I'm sitting here thinking, get it fixed. You don't have to get a dent and then suffer with it the rest of your life. So many Christians get a dent, boom, and they suffer with it. And then you think you're going to teach yourself a lesson by doing penance or a works-based religion to make the dent right when eventually the dent is still going to be there and all you're going to do is be beat up, which will eventually lead you to another dent. And now listen, dents go farther than just a bloop in the metal of your vehicle, okay? Dents go so far as to when you hit it and it cracks the clear coat and it cracks the paint, over time a process called corrosion begins. See, the paint does a lot more than just make your car look good, And when your car looks good, you're proud of it. But when you get a dent that cracks the paint and then you need to get it repainted because of the dent and you don't get it repainted because you're so busy doing penance and a works-based religion, then the enemy says, ooh, I love this. I can get in that dent and I can get under that paint through that clear coat and I can start a process called corrosion. And it may not sideline this believer. It may not knock him off course, but it will keep him from performing. Because every time he goes somewhere, he's going to get out of that car and be reminded of his past. He's going to get out of that car and be reminded of the mistake he made. He's going to get out of that car and she's going to get out of that car. And they're going to look at it and they're going to say, wow, I was such an idiot. And the Bible never called you an idiot. The Bible said you are a child of the Most High God. And the Bible says, I have forgiven your sins and placed them as far as the east is from the west. And God says, I choose. God said, I choose to remember them no more. God doesn't forget, contrary to what most people say, God can't forget. If he forgot, he wouldn't be all-knowing and all-powerful. So he doesn't forget, but he is all-powerful enough to choose not to remember. So God chooses not to remember your sin, but you choose to take God's place and say, God, if you're not going to remember it, I sure will. Some of you will not get active in church today because you got a divorce 35 years ago. And you're saying, I can go to church, but I can't be active. This is my dent. 
Some of you, because you got pregnant before you were married, you say, that's my dent. I can never get involved anywhere in the body of Christ because people, they all see my dent. Can I tell you, you've never been told a bigger lie. Some of you, because you struggle with alcohol in your past and you don't anymore, think, well, I can't do anything because everybody says you're still recovering. I don't believe that either. I believe God can heal you, set you free completely, never to turn back to it, and you're not recovering. You have been delivered from. Now listen, quit being so proud of your dadgum dent. Listen, if I make mistakes in my marriage, in my family, even at the church, I am quick to ask for forgiveness. First from God, because if I ask for forgiveness from God, he can start working on the heart of my wife, and the heart of my kids, and the heart of my coworkers. And everybody say amen. See, some of y'all make the mistake trying to ask forgiveness from your spouse before you ask forgiveness from God. <laughs> now let's get things back in proper order. I mean, you can have a heart of repentance, but never ask for forgiveness. A lot of people come up here and say, oh, I feel so bad, God, I'm so sorry. Did you ask him, say, God, forgive me. Release it. To forgive means to let go. It's just like if you had a boat tied in a river to a dock, and that water's flying down that river, and all you got to do for for unforgiveness is untie that rope and let it go down that river. Just let it go. Let the river of God take it as far away from you as possible. Now listen, our dents have got to get repaired because some of you have a corrosion process so deep inside you Some of you, the biggest corrosion process is you have bitterness in your life somewhere, and it's corroding you from the inside out. And anytime somebody mentions a certain thing in church, such as you mentioned finances in church, and you've been burned financially, well, I can't believe churches always talk about money. Well, read the New Testament. Jesus talked about money more than anything else. So if he did, we should. So that means I'm wrong by the way I preach, because I don't mention money that much. Now listen, I want you to get rid of your dents. And I'm harping on this big this morning because we're not going to be able to do what we're supposed to do next week until we get this week right. We're not going to be able to do what God's called us to preach on next week until this morning is taken care of. Next week, we're going to be talking about getting in the vehicle. We're going to talk about going back to driver's training, amen, and remembering those principles of life. But if we're trying to drive around busted up windshields and dents all in our fenders that are corroding us away from the inside out, we're never going to accomplish the things we need to accomplish in life. How many of you know that you need to start dealing with some dents. Don't be proud of your dents. We're in a discipleship group called Financial Peace University, and me and Sherry, we look back at where we came from in the past five years financially, and we're so grateful to God for what he's done in our life, but we don't sit there and kick ourselves, but we don't sit there and kick ourselves and hold on to these dents. We look at each other and say, wow, we made some dumb choices in the past. (laughs) Praise God, he's given us knowledge, wisdom, and understanding beyond our years how to accomplish his plan for our life in the future. You've got to grab a hold of the dent. You've got to see the dent. But you've got to let the maker of your car, the one who's crafting you, as our verse always says, pop them dents out. Let it be smooth again. And let him repaint it. And let him put a clear coat on it. And let him wax it. And have a smooth life again. So every time you go down memory lane, you don't hit that dent. You don't hit that, that big crumpled up part of your life and get sidelined by it again. So many people are sidelined by the dents of their past that they never accomplish what God's planning on doing in their future. The dents are like this, the Bible talks about. The dent, the little things that we don't deal with. It says in 1 Corinthians 5, 6, and 7, do you not know that a little leaven leavens the whole lump, or a little yeast rises the whole loaf? Cleanse out the old leaven, then you may be made new this morning. Some of you, you deal with anxiety, that's a dent. Some of you deal with worry, that's a dent. Some of you deal with anger, that's a dent. Some of you deal with addictions, that's a dent. Some of you deal with selfishness, that's a dent. Some of you deal with gossip, 
that's a dent. Some of you deal with lustful thoughts, that's a dent. And every time you think of that particular dent, you're like, oh, God can't use me. Do you see how that little dent, that little part of your life is messing up the whole picture for you? Let's get rid of some dents this morning. Then there's finally those occasions in life where parts do have to be replaced. Have you ever been in a major accident in your life? If you've ever been in a major accident, you know that it can do one of two things. It can either crumple your car to the point that it's not drivable, and even if it is drivable, you've got to get it repaired immediately because it's not drivable for long. You may have been just drivable enough to pull it off the road or get it to a tow shop or get it to a body shop, but it's not drivable for long. Some of us this morning, we need to get complete parts replaced. Now listen to me on complete parts being replaced. This is, can be one of the most powerful things in your life. If you need a complete part replaced in your life, I want to challenge you this morning to start letting God work on it. When a complete part needs to be replaced, this is what has happened. It takes usually more than one day in the shop to fix it. You never know when you had a big time wreck. It wasn't ready tomorrow. And in fact, you had to call the body shop several times to get it fixed. Because usually when you're fixing a major issue, it's not just a fender that's dented. It's a fender that's dented. It's an axle that's bent. It's a, it's a part of the framework that has to be readjusted. It's a hood that had to be replaced. Then you had to get a new grill and then you had to get a new light bulb to go in the grill. Can you tell I've been in some accidents in my life? And then when you get a new light bulb, then as they get all the parts on there, you're like, wow, but it's still not good because they still hadn't even started painting it. Then they had to prime it. Then they had to paint it again. Then they had to clear coat it. Then they had to buff it. Then they had to wax it. And then, then you think it's ready. No, because then the price still had to be paid. Listen, some of you have been in such major catastrophes in your life that God wants to begin to fix the issues today. And what I mean by this, God can fix it all in one day. He's God. I'm not saying God can't fix it in one day. God can fix it all in one day. The problem is, some of you don't even realize how extensive the damage is and God can't fix it until you give it to him. And so God's gonna begin to fix one issue and when he gets one mixed issue fixed, you're gonna, be, you're gonna realize, wow, I still have this issue. It just wasn't as major as this issue, so God fixed this one too. And so he's not just fixing the fender, he's fixing the fender, the tire, the axle, the hood, the grill, the headlight. He's fixing it all, but he's gonna do it in a process that brings you along the way to make sure you're healed and made whole at the end. Let me tell you, some of you have been operating in such a catastrophic state for so long. If God completely fixed you today, you would literally think you're going crazy because you have been flying in a plane upside down so long that when God flips you upright, you think upright is wrong. And so you immediately try to flip back upside down because you're comfortable being upside down. God says, I want to flip you and I want to flip you upright to get you flying in the direction that you're supposed to. But if it's going to cause you more hurt... For him to fix you all at once, he's going to do it in a process. And he'll fix the worry first. And when he fixes the worry, you'll realize that worry really wasn't your issue. It was a fear issue. So then he'll go to fear issue and he'll fix that. And then you're going to realize fear really wasn't the issue. It was a faith issue. So then he's going to start fixing your faith issue. And when you realize it wasn't really a faith issue, it was a trust issue, then he's going to start fixing your trust issue. And when he starts fixing your trust issue, you're going to realize, wow, it wasn't even trust. It was a love issue all along. But you see how he had to get from where you were to get you to the point where he could actually fix what really needed to be fixed now to get you back to where you need to be some of you are like oh wow I need a lot more than one day in the body shop <laughs> the thing about a body shop and extensive damage being done is it takes more than one day to be fixed and it takes a long time to fix it sometimes but God's not done with you the Bible says he is faithful to complete what he called you to do and who he called you to be he is faithful the Bible says the problem with having cars in a body shop for more than one day the price goes up exponentially. The dollars per man hour to fix something like that, it gets astronomical quick. And therefore, a car that looks like it could be fixed, an insurance company will really label it totaled 
when it really doesn't look that bad, but the cost to fix it is more than the car's really worth. <laughs> Here's the thing. doesn't matter how bad off you are. God's not totaling you. God's not throwing you out. God's not getting rid of you because he said you're worth fixing. God's willing to pay the price, and in fact, he already paid the price for your life to be fixed, healed, and made whole because he sent his one and only son, Jesus Christ, to this earth to fix your life, to make it right, to make it healed and made whole. He starts back in the book of Genesis when the fall of Adam and Eve happened and, the, and he goes to the serpent and said, you, you bruised his heel, but he's gonna crush your head. That means he was gonna turn back the curse that happened at the fall of man and redeem us to an original state. Nothing missing, nothing broken. You're gonna look like a prime time, brand new automobile driving off the showroom floor if you'll let God begin to touch your life this morning. He paid the price. If you're not willing to let God begin to work in your life, you're in a catastrophic place. And it probably will take more than one day to fix you, but I'm okay with that, because if he's not giving up, I'm not either. And we're gonna keep working, but the main point of that is, is if you're not willing to entrust it to Jesus, you've got an issue in your life that runs deep of how much does he love me. And you put a capsule around your heart that says, I'm not even gonna let God get into the most inner place of my heart. I'm not gonna let him there, because if I let him there, I'm gonna open myself up to hurt that I've never hurt before. Let me tell you about the love of my God. God said, I have a people who have hurt me deeply, more deeply than I've ever been hurt before, but I'm gonna open up my very heart to you. And I'm gonna send you somebody more important than me, I'm gonna send you my son, Jesus Christ, who's actually me coming in the flesh. And he said, not only will I open my heart to you, but I'm gonna pay the price for you. I'm gonna pay the price for your crumpled up, wrecked up, abandoned, accident-prone life. I'm gonna pay the price. I'm gonna go beyond fixing a crack in the windshield, he said. I'm gonna go beyond fixing a dent in the fender. I'm gonna replace all that too. I'm gonna go beyond the crumpled up mess that you are. I'm gonna actually do this, God said. I'm going to restore you to a position of newness. Have you ever bought a brand new car? Not a mile on it. And you sit in there and there's nothing like sitting in a brand new car and knowing that it's yours and knowing you paid cash for it because it's been paid for. And you sit back and you grab the steering wheel and you start it for the first time. And you're like, oh, this is great. Never forget when I sat in my brand new Jeep for the first time, first brand new vehicle I'd ever had. And I started, I was like, wow, and it's mine. Some of you this morning, God wants you to have that feeling again this morning. He's making you brand new today. He wants you to take a step of faith this morning and turn that ignition this morning when you step out of your chair and come pray with us. You turn that ignition and you're gonna be like, wow, this is what it was like. And you'll remember it because it happened once before. If you truly got born again, you experienced it once before. But the dents of life, the cracks in our windshield, the accidents we've had have made us get to a point where we don't even enjoy driving. We don't even enjoy being a Christian. God says, come to the body shop, he says. And he's gonna turn that ignition and all things will be made new this morning.